we've been talking and we haven't introduced you at all. Like, <laughs> what is going on with us? What are we doing? Okay, okay, okay. Um, so we told us we told you who we are. Tell us about yourself. Who are you? I gotcha. <laughs> so um, my name is Molly. I'm with Molly with the Most Podcast. Um, my podcast is honestly just about me, my everyday life, uh, mistakes and things that I make about me. I'm originally from St. Louis, but I've been in Huntsville since 18. Um yeah, I don't have any kids, not married. Okay. Debate about that every day. Ooh. Do I want them? Don't I want them? Some days I love children and want a husband. Other days I'm like, same. If it's to everybody. <laughs> it's it's rough out here yeah. in these um, love life streets of yeah. ours. <laughs> Honey. Um, so what ba- what brought you from St. Louis to Huntsville? So actually, A&M, I had a scholarship, an academic scholarship, and I just took that chance, really. Um, I had really never been out of Missouri. Well, been out of St. Louis, honestly. So I came down here, didn't know anybody, no family. Oh, like, wow. literally just solo dolo on my own and created family bonds with you know friends um so yeah i just been here and then all of those friends have moved so i'm back solo and oh. alone so <laughs> oh, you can be my friend girl <laughs> please look because i need friends people to go out with and do things like i literally go to the i go to work go to the gym and go home every day so it's my life that's literally like adult Millennial life, yeah. I think. Yeah, unfortunately, it. like it's a. Especially I look now. at people like living it up and turned up, and I'm just like, why they can't be me? But then you know, I try to be responsible with my health, and it's like, well, I don't want to get sick, and mm-hmm. but yeah, people be in the clubs and don't care, and I wish that they could be me. I wish I could do it guilt free, but I'd be, I'd be <laughs> like, man, I can't get out of here. I you went to the sneaker ball, and that was probably the most nerve-wracking thing. But then, it was not a huge turnout at all. Mm. But, um, child, the most I do is go to restaurants <laughs> yeah. and eat. That's, like, the only fun that I feel like I could have is just getting out and eating somewhere else now. But my, my only time I risk anything is dates. That's it. Everything else, I'm like, no. Risking it all for I, love. I, I would I would risk all of this shit for love. Yeah, Juice got a Juice got a new boo out here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, how did this come about? You I have share? no idea. <laughs> um am- amazingly off hinge. Mm-hmm. And I don't it took me years. This is the, <laughs> the this, side. This is the first successful mm-hmm. hinge hookup I've ever had. Yeah. We've been talking since August. Oh, and it's so funny. My next episode is about dating apps and online dating, and I'm so scared of it. <laughs> I think everybody's a killer. I watch too much ID channel, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, but there's a lot of killers out here, so I, I understand. I think I've gotten to the point where that part doesn't scare me, but I just feel like everybody's a liar. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know if that's worse than killer or not yet, but... Because you have to weed through everything that they're saying, like, hmm. Yeah. You have to wonder, yeah, like, how many other people are you feeding this to yeah. on the app? Like, how often do you do this? Like, how comfortable are you with this? Am I a member of a stable? Right. <laughs> like, what is going on? Um, um, so that's where I'm at with dating is the bullshit still. So I'm back to... Not fucking with these niggas. Knock on wood. Hopefully, I'm done with the bullshit. Oh, so she's very special. 
uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I love to see men like glowing or even like that giddy feeling like for a woman because like, you meet guys that just try to play this cool role yeah. like, type of thing yeah. and it's like if you like her show that shit because it's I think it's beautiful so it's like show that let her know and let other people know like I fuck with her like that's my girl or you know we're getting to that stage type of thing so you smiling and the way that, that's beautiful <laughs> That yeah, when so he beautiful. texts me about her, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, we are in our 30s. We're going into our mid-30s. Oh. And... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry, I just I have mean. to get to that point where I just realized, like, girl, you, you, it's there. Ain't no spring chicken. Yeah, honey. it's there. So I'm just like, why is everybody still acting like sex is just so, like, new and just mm-hmm. like, can we calm down? Like, can we kick it? Can we get to know each other? Can we? I don't know why that is. And maybe because some people haven't gone through that whole phase. You know, some people had high school sweethearts or people that got married young or was maybe in relationships for the majority of their 20s. And it's like, let's say some of that or all of that ended. And now they're in their 30s like, well, I'm trying to get into this whole phase. Back into the whole phase. And it's like, I've been there done that. I'm ready to get married and have children. (laughs) So it's just like, either get that out your system now before you come into my life or I, I can't be there with you. Like, because that's not what I want anymore right I actually want that connection and falling for you and deep intellectual conversations not necessarily just like what's up where I you want at? you to pursue me yeah. like that's what I haven't had and, I, and when I talk to my other guy friends you know when they ask me because my guy friends are always asking like what's your dating life like like what's going on like <laughs> normally you you talking to me about niggas like you ain't said nothing about nobody yet I'm like this ain't nobody applying no pressure for real but I've talked to maybe three of my homeboys, three of my closest homeboys. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I feel like the dating process is is flipped now. Like, nobody dates first. Everybody is fucking first. Yeah. And then... We got to see we got the, the chemistry. <laughs> figuring out the rest later on. And then you figure out you don't like that person. It's like, what the fuck? Another body. Damn. You see what <laughs> Jasmine Sullivan. Bodies on bodies on bodies. For no reason. And so I'm just like, what, like, how do we get back to when people were actually dating first? Like, mm-hmm. for me, the natural progression of a dating relationship is like, you know, you first meet and, you know, it's cute and you got the butterflies and, you know, y'all go on your dates and and slowly progress to you know little physical things Mm -hmm. and then you know finally like okay if sex is the move then both of y'all are on the same page and then you know discussing of relationship and Mm -hmm. now it's literally like what you want first date hitting you up at 11 (laughs) p.m sir what (laughs) huh i'm asleep i'm in the bed Contact me doing business hours. I don't want... I'm tired of that. Uh, I'm sick of that. When do we get to that point? A quick break. Um, it's amazing that actually that you're here because I'm used to hearing you. Oh, <laughs> so oh like, yeah. It's wild. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> this, this is what, like, our 
this might be our first time we actually had somebody on the show that actually has a podcast. Oh, really? Other than, um, no, Keith didn't have a podcast. Yeah, this is our own. You're our first guest that actually has a podcast that we listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right. Well, I appreciate that. Let me say that. But I don't, I think it's just about finding somebody. Like, because I didn't find that until recently. Mm -hmm. So, but it also took literally a pandemic for that to happen yeah because we we had years of just being like we nigga, be, what the fuck we gonna be <laughs> we gonna be single forever like these bitches ain't shit just like situation experience i had the worst situationship of my fucking life last year like <laughs> look at me i'm intrigued because i might have a couple to talk <laughs> so i'm intrigued the work girl hood nigga oh they're so fun didn't <laughs> Just literally the worst in every aspect that you could ever imagine. Just like top tier pathological liar. Um, I can't even. Just all around, just not it. Terrible. And I was so, okay. I was in a place, I'm, I'm not shifting accountability. Mm hmm. But I had just lost um, my grandmother after losing my grandfather um, in one year. So I think I had, I had just started this new job. I was working at Jim and Nick's. I had just quit my job. I was um, a counter manager at Laura Mercier. Mm-hmm. It was on some bullshit. I had to go. Jim and Nick's was the first one to call me. I needed the money. Mm-hmm. I jumped on it. Get there, you know, everything's cool. I'm going in, like, I ain't looking for nobody. I ain't trying to make no friend. That'll never fucking happen. <laughs> so first, you know, he was the first one to to make a little move. And me, like, just, you know, wanting that attention. Mm-hmm. Gave into it. Um, and I was just putting, like, way too much on it for no reason. Um, and it just turned into a lot of bullshit for that reason. And... I just allowed him to manipulate the fuck out of me. Like, every time I swore I was done, I was never done. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it would just be, like, one little thing that he would do, and I'd be like, okay, like, we're back. Like, okay. <laughs> we all have been there, like, male, female, whatever. You've all been, we've all been stupid for somebody, and mm. it's just like... We fall into a deeper hole, but it's kind of like you're trying to dig your way out, but it's like, oh, but he's so fun, or he's so right. this, he's so charming. Right, right, you know? right, right. So I get it. I've been in plenty of situationships that I got myself into, and I'm just like, why I do this dumb shit? So, why do we allow situationships? We're all betting on love. That's Is that an yeah. insecurity thing, though, too, though? like I, For me, I, th- I definitely, <clears throat> it was an insecurity thing, because I... I I felt like I didn't deserve I, mm-hmm. whatever little attention I was getting. That's uh, I didn't deserve full attention, so mm-hmm. that was good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Until like I had to look in the mirror and be like, "Nick, you need to love yourself." Yeah, it's that <laughs> self reflection. Like, okay, I think for me, I just wanted the person around, or I just wanted that feeling like I was somebody's companion. Like I was vulnerable, basically. Like I just wanted love from somebody or what I thought was love so it's just like I'm bored I'll have you around but then it's kind of like you get really entangled with this person and Mm. you get wrapped up within this person and they're steady telling you 
all these sweet nothings in there, but they're showing you a whole nother person. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I always, I always question, do you believe what the person says or you, do you believe their actions? Mm. Because if they don't align, I get confused. Like, well, he's saying this, but he's doing this mm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those situationships are hell. Hell, mm-hmm. I just got out of one um, last month and they had been going on for three years. Oh, wow. And it was just like an off and on routine of like, we were friends first. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we got drunk, <coughs> cheap liquor, Burnett's. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just like cross the line and then after we cross the line we just continue to keep, keep crossing that line. line so it, then yeah. it became like okay now we're friends with benefits but we're still going to be friends nonetheless mm-hmm. and then over time that friendship like we stopped hanging out we stopped talking on the phone we stopped texting and then it just became like the sex part the sex part you up you sleep I'm finna come over like type of thing and it just became so routine mm-hmm. that it actually died off and then months later link back up die off yeah then go back and it just became a routine for so long and i just got to the point like i started to feel pointless after the sex and it's like we'll lay up pillow talk and all of that but i don't i don't feel anything for you so it's like why am i continuing continuously giving you my body and you don't want me that way i don't want you that way but i'm opening myself up to you Mm-hmm. It just it was pointless to me, and I just was like, okay, I have to let that go, like let it go. But it was hard because I do still love him as a person, as a friend, and I really wish that we can get that friendship back. But you know, when you cross that line, it's so hard it to is. get a friendship back and mm-hmm. not have that chemistry, or you know, that will lead to that. So yeah. mm-hmm. I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I never, I I tried to reflect on. All of my dumb shit. And I don't know if it was necessarily insecurity for me. Well, I don't know. I guess it could be like some type of an insecurity. I think for me, it was just like... So I have have been single, single, like Mm -hmm. not in a committed relationship since high school. Like went through my whole college career, graduated years after just without being in a committed relationship. And so I felt like whenever these little situationships would present Mm -hmm. themselves to me, it was just like me settling and jumping on it because it was like, okay, well this is the only attention or, you know, this is, this is all that I'm ever going to get because this is all that I've gotten so far. So you know, let me just let this be what it is. And, and, you know, hopefully maybe it'll actually be something, but. Yeah. We always hold on to that, that false hope of thinking like, okay, maybe, maybe down the line it can lead to something or go somewhere. And then honestly it never does. It's Mm -hmm. just kind of like, I learned to set those boundaries in the beginning. When I meet somebody, I'm telling you what I'm looking for. So therefore later on, it is no mix up like I told you this is what I was looking for so when I'm ready for a relationship and you now you telling me well this ain't that and you knew what it was no nigga you knew what it was I told you I wanted a relationship so you either get in it or we not there anymore like type of thing but I didn't used to set those type of boundaries in the beginning and I would fall for whatever the guy would say and I've learned that men will not all, so let me say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm learning, well, I've learned that men will kind of keep a door open 
if you let them right type of thing so it's kind of like Mm, well, I told her I'm not looking for something and she's still around. So oh, that means yeah. she don't care. Right. She yeah. don't care. She cool with it. I'm gonna, you know, double back with her when I can type of thing. But no, I'm telling you up front, this is what I'm looking for. This is, you know, what I want. And if you can't match that or that's not something that you want right now, then it's kind of like, all right, you know, we could be cool. I don't mind being friends, but as far as like that type of friend, mm-mm. And I just recently experienced that like not even just with the person i'm talking to now but we're all up front about what they wanted mm-hmm. and i was up front about what i wanted i felt secure enough to be like okay and i have met different people like well not in person but we had started talking and then so dating this past year was probably the best that i had and I think it's because everybody was on quarantine. Mm-hmm. So everybody had been sitting with themselves long enough to be like, okay, I got to figure some shit out. This self-reflection. <laughs> and I was doing that myself too. And then it was just like, all right, I'm going to start doing this. But I'm going to do it from a healthy standpoint. I'm not looking for somebody to fulfill me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fulfill myself. And then hopefully I meet somebody. That's cool. Yeah, I think we both like that. had that. Um that moment during quarantine because like I said I was gung-ho not budging I was like man nah fuck this dating shit like I'm I'm you know I'm doing okay for myself I'm trying to figure myself out you know mentally in this whole situation like I'm good just trying to you know get my shit together I'm not not doing it and then I fell for it um <laughs> also we before quarant like before the pandemic hit we were both planning on having hot girl uh, summer. Yeah, <laughs> we were. Right. Like, I'm about to slut myself out. <laughs> so okay, so you said that you just let go of yours a month ago. So you actually had a little quarantine bay then. So I wouldn't even say he was a quarantine bay. No, it was just because before that we hadn't had sex since February of last year. <sighs> Look at me, I'm finna tell all my bitches. <laughs> here we go. This is what we're here for. So <laughs> we pull up some more wine. Yeah, so that was February of last year was the last time we actually like had sex. And it was just like I said, it became like a we'll have sex, we'll kick it, and then it'll be months later. So I didn't hear from him until July. And at that point, back in, okay, Lord, let me just rewind a little bit. <laughs> so when 2020 was approaching. So December 2019, I basically said like, okay, I want to start changing to better myself. I want to start changing for me, my health, my wealth, like my um, mental, all of that shit. I just wanted to change. So I said, I'm I'm done doing this whole stuff. I'm done with it. So, okay. December 31st, I had to get one person out of my system. <laughs> Got him out. <laughs> had to get him out. I was like, okay, get that last whole thing out. And then the New Year starts. So, then I did good um, January. Then I went to Atlanta in January. And, yeah, somebody else. So, <laughs> I'm a very sexually liberated and free person. I'll say that or whatever. So, in millennial terms, ho. So then the other guy was February. That's the guy I was consistent with for three years. And then I doubled back in March with the one from January. So at least I spaced them out. Okay. Okay. (laughs) 
and in March, I decided, I said, look, okay, I can't keep doing this because I thought about it. I'm like, there's STDs, there's pregnancies. I can't be calling people like, uh, you might have this or right. I might be pregnant and then it'd be the wrong person, like mm-hmm. type of thing. So I was like, okay, I need to get me in order because I'm going on a downward like spiral. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So I made the vow to um, refrain or restrain from sex. So that was in March of last year. I basically steered clear of all of these young men because I know me and my temptation. He hits me up July and I'm just kind of like, ooh, do I want to go down that road? I wasn't sure. So I did let him come over and I explained to him how I felt and what I was going through. And he said he respected (laughs) <laughs> of course he tried me right kept trying me and right. i was just like right 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 okay this is pointless and then he got upset because i called it pointless <laughs> i was like okay i don't know another word to use but anyway so that was july and i did not cave i was proud of myself <laughs> i did not cave and then we kind of like saw each other or talked after that but it was just kind of you know dwindled like downhill it just was nothing so i've actually been celibate or abstinent whatever people want to call it since March of last year and I'm very proud of myself because as you can see you know I was on a pattern each month with these men and I just that's not what I want right now so even if I did start to date I think that would turn me off because like you said that's all they talk about in the beginning or all they want in the beginning so it's just kind of like no that I want to get to know you First, before I get to know your body, like, let me get to know your mind type of thing. But a lot of people, I'm not just going to say men, but a lot of people just aren't on that right now. It's more so like the whole social media. Like when I got on Twitter, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. But when I got on Twitter, I was just like, damn, everything is sex. Everything is Yes, And it kind of makes me cringe sometimes, like. Damn, we are that. It, and like I said, I'm a sexually like free person. So mm-hmm. it's like, I get it. But it's just like when you put that out there first, mm-hmm. and I'm speaking from personal experience, if I'm sexually, if I'm selling myself sexually to somebody, that's all they're going to want me for. And I had to learn that the hard way with a lot of people thinking like, oh, I'm sexually liberated. I can talk about sex and yada, yada. But men see that and they want to try it. They mm-hmm. want to see it. Is she about what she talk about type right. of thing? So I had that's something I had to learn during my whole phase in my 20s that was just like, okay, like you can be sexual, but you don't have to be sexual with everybody. With everybody. And just because he want to try it don't mean he get to taste it, like type of thing. Mm-hmm. But these motherfuckers on Twitter, I just be like, whoa. <laughs> right. Like, we have reduced ourselves to sexual ability. Yes. And that's yeah. it. Like, and, and okay, like, it, it'd be certain tweets that I can relate to. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like, everybody loves a good missionary with, you know, a little tongue kiss. Okay, cool. That's right. great. But it'd be straight up porn. Like, yes. and people be talking about, like, oh, if, you know, if he can't do it like this and da 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 da. da. And I'm just like, okay, like, it's. It's getting to the point now where everybody is in these like sex Olympics and everybody is trying to be like girl. And I'm just like, first of all, (laughs) the best sex don't even be like when niggas be trying to do all this extra porn Mm -hmm. star shit. Like, can we? What happened to the basics? Like, everybody want to be a fucking acrobat, and I'm like, calm down, (laughs) baby. I'm not a pretzel. (laughs) Somebody, somebody lying (laughs) on this here app. Everybody is not out here having pretzels. So six. And I, then, and I think and that's like what I just said when I would sell myself 
sexually mm. that men want to try it. They want to see, are you about what you talk about type of thing? Mm-hmm. And I had a Twitter way back in the day, like college days. And I'm right. not going to tell y'all the name because <laughs> people probably know me from that. Back in the day, it used to be the um, words after sex, four words after sex yeah, and stuff like yeah, that, yeah. or Twitter after dark. And I would just go in. So it's just like... Twitter was different. Yes, and Twitter was different. <laughs> was so different. I would get inboxes from there. niggas that... I would see you on campus. You ain't even speak to me, but now you in my inbox trying to see if I'm about what I'm saying. It's just like, boy, bye. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, you talk about it. They want to see like, hey, you do this, you do that. But it's like, but not with you. Or why did you think with you? <laughs> right. Like what gave you- Why did you insert yourself here? That. And that makes me cringe when I see like those, like, I don't even want to call them like, predators but they seem like predators like you can see a girl just having a, a regular tweet about her being sexual or whatever and then here go a little pervert man underneath like yep. oh you should let me I'm like y'all niggas are weird predators yeah. those yeah. are predators <laughs> like the weird thing for me is I am to be honest I'm a, I'm prude as fuck mm-hmm. so really? like yeah so I'd be like see like shit mm-hmm. I'd be like these motherfuckers are over sex so I'd be feeling like <laughs> <laughs> like based it on mine I'm like Am I tripping though? But then when I see like other people, they be like, nah, y'all niggas out here wild. I'm like, okay, whew. I thought I was just a fucking nun out here. Because <laughs> <laughs> niggas be wild. Like, and I'm doing a lot. They be lying. Like, you can tell people be lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, for me, like, a couple of years ago, it would get me upset. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Nothing is wrong with me. I'm just living in reality. Yeah. And that's fine. <laughs> like, my whole thing is, I like. Or I have different kinks that other people might not have, like, type of thing. But people feel like they have to want to spit in your mouth and this yeah. and that. It's just like, if you're not with it, you're not with it. Like, that's I okay. I ain't with it. <laughs> <laughs> see, I have a, a whole list. No. <laughs> but see, I don't mind that or whatever. But it has to be with the person, like, you trust and mm-hmm. a person who right. is hygiene mm-hmm. and dental or hygiene. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like up to par, but mm-hmm. you know, some people will talk mess about it, but then when you get them alone in the bedroom, now they want to try it. Yeah. It's like, but you were just talking bad about it on Twitter. <laughs> right. So don't be hiding your kings now, my nigga. Like, okay. That oh. ship sailed, nigga. <laughs> I want to say I'm like somewhere in the middle with the kinky shit. Like, well, I don't, okay, I'm not even going to say that because I've done some things with niggas, but I feel like, so I feel like I'm a pretty sexual woman too. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me though, I feel like I don't show that until I'm comfortable with you. Like mm-hmm. I have to feel, I have to feel a certain level of security mm-hmm. with you before we can get to, you know, before you can unlock the doors <laughs> to the chains and the whips. <laughs> um, but yeah, niggas be out here flexing like mm-hmm. too much. And I I'm just it, uh, and we are in this this era of pick me too, like men and women. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Everybody just wanna get chose, but only for the mainly for yeah. For the internet. P- yeah. People also been trying to get in whole ass relationships just to get pictures off on Twitter and shit. I think I had got to that stage at one point. I'm just like, I just want this little fairy tale ass relationship yeah. to post pictures and yada yada and look out. And then I had to realize like everything these people post, they are unhappy. They are lying. Yeah, they're lying. <laughs> it's just like, okay, like I had to get that out of my mind of mm-hmm. thinking like when I see people happy and in relationships on social media, like I want that. But it's just like, no, because I don't know 
how they really feel towards each other off camera or right. if they're struggling financially or, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's just like, okay, I had to get that out of my mind. Mm-hmm. But I will say social media does create these mental fuck-ups of us seeing other people doing or living how we think we are supposed to. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, I really had that around my 30s. And I was just thinking like, oh, my life isn't where it should be. And I don't have this and that. My friends are married with kids and traveling. And I'm just like, shit. 30 hit different. (sighs) It did. Absolutely. That, like, you have, like, a full-on, like, crisis here. Mm -hmm. Just, like... I thought I would be here, here, here. Yeah. And like we had a conversation once where like when we start rewatching Girlfriends Mm -hmm. and we were like, yo, is this like because we consumed all this media (laughs) and then Joan was like 29, I think when they first started. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, is this why I thought I was supposed to be like super successful by the time I was 30? Yeah, the media made were made us feel that, or were they younger? I feel like she was. I think Joan was was 27. Yeah, they were young. When, I think, when when she, she was might, starting off as a fucking partner. But, like, later when they got to, like, when she was hitting 30, that's when she started losing her fucking mind. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know if it was art imitating itself, but <laughs> I, I was like, I, I know exactly what this bitch going through. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel that shit. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think we definitely got fed uh, a lot of bullshit growing up mm-hmm. and... That has played a part into our, like, dating and relationship and just, like, life in general. But I'm glad y'all have brought up the, like, social media shit because I was going to ask you if you feel like social media is really fucking up relationship dynamic nowadays. I think it is. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so I'll speak from my past relationship. Um, We met actually on Instagram. Like he slid into the DM, yada, yada. Relationship was four years long. But I think it does mess it up because he was big. At that time, I wasn't on Twitter. So he was a big Twitter person. And I was, let me say past tense, I was one of those lurking type mm. of females. Like, I didn't have Twitter, so let me see what you're doing on Twitter. Because I feel like you slid in my DM and we got here, so who other, what like, doing on your DMs? Other, right. Yeah. So I would go lurking. Of course, he would be flirting with girls, commenting on their pictures or them writing him and just having, like, this whole fucking life. And all my friends laughed and they said I should have known what I'm about to tell you. I should have known then. But he would be one of those to hang off the side of the bed and, like, be texting or Mm. something. I'm like, nigga, what are you doing? Mm. So I do feel as though social media does create this type of, like, one illusion Mm. for us to want to show other people like hey i'm living this grand life where in reality you're not like Mm -hmm. living this grand life but then with the dating you for me and i'm learning this as i get older like i'm a territorial person so if i see you flirting or talking to somebody that i consider is flirting it creates this this anger yeah Mm -hmm. in me and now i want to argue and i want to fight and it's something that when you said the self-reflection that's something i had to learn doing my self-reflection like I can't control people like people aren't my property, but I can set my boundary of what I will tolerate and what I will Mm. not tolerate. Mm -hmm. But social media definitely plays a factor into dating. And it's just kind of like it's a good thing in some aspects. But then if you kind of are big on social media and that whole popularity, like all of these flowers, I mean, flowers, all these followers and 
my ex would say shit like, man, I don't know them people. Them people so many miles away. But it's kind of like, well, I was in Huntsville. You were in North Carolina. And now we're together. And here we are. So. Living together. So anything is possible with social media. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Um, so I, I used to be <laughs> on the same tip. So like... <laughs> If ever I was talking to a nigga and we, you know, were following each other on social media, Mm -hmm. it created like this craziness in me because the minute that you don't respond to me Mm -hmm. or answer the phone and like hours have gone by, I'm going to your social media (laughs) to see what's going on. If you've been active on your social media... It's the end of the yeah. day for you. Like, <laughs> this, it's a wrap. I'm going to go off. With? Why? You you got your phone in your hand. Mm-hmm. You have your phone accessible to you, but you haven't responded to me. What What the fuck is that about? What's going on? Yeah. So, um, in that aspect, it'll definitely... <clears throat> it'll definitely <laughs> fuck some shit up. Hey. But um, I think we, we definitely also have this whole new world of accessibility to other people too Mm -hmm. and like you said with a dude who you know he would be on a whole another app talking to a whole bunch of other people Mm -hmm. i feel like now people i don't i don't even know if it's just like a sense of comfort like oh i might be talking to this one person but you know if it don't go the way i want it to go i got this whole other Backup plan, ball field, of, uh, you know what I'm saying, and I'm just, like people get too comfortable in knowing that they just have all these other Plan Bs, and I feel like that's putting a hindrance to people just wanting to commit to to one. It's like mm-hmm. you already have an established situation that you know is good so far with this one person, but you still not all the way in for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And to me, it's just like, no, I get it. I definitely get it. I say in the one thing I did have to learn within the last couple of years is when you first meet somebody and you start the dating phase. We as black women tend to put all of our eggs in one basket super Mm -hmm. fast. And I learned like, no, date multiple people. But I have to understand that that person is going to date multiple people, too. Mm -hmm. So that was hard for me because, baby, the price. What you need all them other people for? (laughs) (laughs) I had to realize, like, okay, I need to date other people. That person dates other people. But once we get to that next level and it becomes a relationship or it becomes exclusive, it was just like okay so now it's just us so now why why do you need plan b mm-hmm. but nobody wants to feel like they're getting played so yeah. they're kind of like well i'm gonna keep this one on a roster just in case and that's me i would usually be the roster person <laughs> but that's what i'm saying like when you leave that door open coach but yeah i would be the roster like and i'd be ready too <laughs> they pick me like hey is it my time can, right. I, can I get in the game right, type of thing right, like right. but that was me being an idiot <laughs> but being that primary person you in the relationship it's just like okay you don't need these other people if we've established a relationship we're exclusive we both have to cut these people off and give each other everything to see if it works and if it doesn't work that's a part of life and you just move on you can go back to whoever you had or meet new people but nobody wants to fully let the other people go because it's that well what if I get played or I don't know what she doing or I don't know what he doing type of thing and it's the whole like I think it's the social media and 
not even just social media, like TV shows, movies, and songs. It's just kind of like, it's okay to be a player. It's okay to have all these mm-hmm. hoes or bitches or um, niggas on a team. And it's just like, okay. If you look at, like, I'll say Cardi. Love Cardi. But Cardi is a married-ass woman. And she rapping to you about niggas and getting Birkin bags and all this other stuff because that's what she's doing with her husband. Mm. But then you got people like the city girls that's telling you to get what um, you can out these men and buy. He need to do this and do that. But then you see JT being stupid as fuck for Uzi. <laughs> so it's just like they're not necessarily <laughs> rapping about the life that they're actually living. They're putting something out. But then you get people who are consuming this and like, yeah. oh, I got to have a couple niggas on the team mm-hmm. and he got to be buying Birkins and spending money on me. But it's just kind of like you have to form your own opinion and you have to form your own like concept of what your relationship is should be or what you want a relationship to be but we consume social media and we let other people put this narrative in our head and when it doesn't play out now we looking stupid that's what makes it hard to date women now like because everybody's so insecure not everybody Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people very insecure and they're listening to all of this stuff thinking that this is how their life should be so they're trying to like project yeah and they're just doing like like hood rat shit. <laughs> like, like. I know. I know people our age that act like that. I dated one. I, call, I in my mind he was a hotel type nigga, but I didn't realize that till after I was out of it. Them hotels. Yes, <laughs> and I didn't realize that until I was after, and I was in a vulnerable state. I was ready, like <laughs> thought I was over like my past relationship and ready to date, like type of thing. Story dating him. He was on some hotel shit. That nigga broke me all the way open. Like, Ooh. my walls came down. I was just, like, melting, like, putty for him. <laughs> and then once we stopped talking, it was like, damn, that nigga was hotel as fuck. Mm. <laughs> like, it be that hindsight clarity. That's mm-hmm. a former hotel. That shit be sounding good at first. And he be like, you get into it, he be like, nah, this ain't right. Right, this ain't it. But, like, you don't realize it until later. You be like, man, I was on some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because it's coming from an honest, alleged honest place, but just as toxic as everything. Oh else. yeah, it definitely was the worst kind of toxic, actually. Because if it'd you be, ain't it'd down, be way more. If you ain't down, you ain't a real black woman. <laughs> yes, yeah, I was gonna say it'd be way more manipulative. It, I feel uh, like with the hotel niggas, like and he got in my mind, not even like preaching that hotel shit, just like we having intellectual conversations, talking about astrology. You know, bitches love astrology. <laughs> right. We're talking about astrology and signs and spirituality type shit, and I'm just like, oh, this my husband. I'm telling my friends, this my husband. My friend, like, oh, let's plan a Jamaica wedding now, bitch. Like we lit ready thinking it's gonna be my husband and then i'm just like hold on okay like you know the the math did start mathing at this point i'm just like nah he ain't it but he i will say that look that young man got me to a very vulnerable state where we stopped talking i was ready to pull up on him at the new bitch house and yeah it was horrible oh wow the dick was bomb wasn't it, it? Ooh. <laughs> see See, and I would honestly say he's probably the best I ever fucking had. And it was just like toxic. It was. (laughs) It really was. See, that's what I don't want to go through right now. I just really don't want to be digmatized. It's so easy when it's so good. It's such a dangerous place to be. 
Yeah. It's reckless. It's <laughs> See, honestly. that's why I had to give it up. Like, it's, it's, I'm almost a year strong. That's why I had to give it up because you can be digmatized. Like, you can't have these goggles on, and all you see is like, oh, well, he has good sex, and you know, he he has a hundred kids, but you know, that's okay. Oh, like, Jesus. we're using protection type of thing. But. Read me. <laughs> <laughs> We give like all of these red flags kind of like a, a leeway. Like, hmm, yeah, he don't know what he want, but he want me when he with me. Mm. Hey, bitch, what? Mm. <laughs> like, what kind of mm. okay. what is that? <laughs> kind of idea, ideas you coming up with? But okay, <laughs> like, right. um. So speaking of the the opposite of digmatized, mm-hmm. um, how has your celibate life been going? Um. Okay, so. <laughs> In the beginning, it was rather hard. I'll say that it was definitely hard because that's when quarantine started. So it's kind of like now I'm at home all day and I'm bored. Like I want somebody to come over. I want to lay up. I want to cuddle. Netflix, you know, all that shit. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of hard in the beginning. But around month three and four, it was just kind of like, okay, like this is easy. I'm used to it. Like it's not a problem. But I will say like masturbation (laughs) is a key element for me because some people become celibate and they don't masturbate at all like they're doing it for a holy you know reason i'm not doing it for god i'm doing it for myself Mm -mm. love god but i'm just saying i'm not doing it for him so yeah masturbation is like a, a key element of it i've learned to start taking myself on dates so you know, all the things that we would do for a guy, like get cute, do mm-hmm. your hair, do your makeup, or you, if you're finna bring him back, lingerie. I started doing that for myself. Yeah, and absolutely. it's just like, I have to take myself on a date, please mm. myself, mm. and that. So it's been okay mm-hmm. for that aspect. I, I dated myself for a good, a good two years. Mm-hmm. Where I like, <clears throat> my off days, go try some new restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's like, just... Just do whatever I wanted to do while while I had the time. And then it helped when I did start dating because then it was like, okay, so I know which place to go mm-hmm. on this day, what to try here. And it made me a more complete person, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and it makes it easier for when you do start dating because you know about all these spots and you know mm-hmm. what. And it's always good, like, when you first meet a guy and he's like, oh, I want to take you out. And then you say, okay, where do you want to go? And he's like, well, yeah, you picked a place. Nigga, you want to take me out? Right. Tell me a place. Like, show me something new. I like that in a guy, like, a guy that I dated. He was like, yeah, you know, I want to take you out on a date. And I was like, okay, to where? And he was like, just get dressed. First, I had never had a guy say anything like this never to me before. So I was just like, oh, I'm all excited. And we went to, um, I think, like a cigar bar or lounge or something at the time. But I couldn't go in because I was having surgery days later and I couldn't be around smoke. smoke. So he was like, oh, no, that's fine. So we went to that pizza place down at Big Springs. And it was just like, yeah, that's some he, good pizza. it was good. And he knew pizza was like my favorite um, food or whatever. So he listened to things and he peeped that out because after that, we went to Pints and Pixels because he knew that I liked as a kid or a gay. 
arcade games. So that's why I thought, like, okay, this nigga was going to be my husband. Right. <laughs> like, like, he's listening listener. He's listening. He's incorporating this. He's doing this. So I do like that, like, that you went to these restaurants on your own and that you knew, like, okay, when I start dating, I would like to take, you know, a woman here. I would like to Research. go on a date here. Yeah. yeah. Have a little knowledge. That part. Because it's nothing like meeting a guy. He'd be like, I mean, what you want to do? Right. <laughs> it don't matter to go? me. It's fun playing yeah. the dates, though. Like, real shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's working out so far. It, it hasn't always, but, like, it's, it's just cool. It's like a new challenge. It'll get you some cool points. It will. Like... Definitely. I have yet to experience that get dressed uh, moment. I haven't pulled that one. Yet. <laughs> I'm a, it I'm was a manifest nice. it. Please look, let manifest another one for me. Okay, girl. A good, a good guy this time for us both. I'm a yes. manifest that. Um, but yeah, I hate when people. Um, when I used to tell people that I was celibate, everybody would act like, oh. God, like mm-hmm. you know, What's wrong what? With you? How do you how do you do that? Like how do you survive? And I'm like, y'all really need sex to breathe, and that's mm-hmm. like really the problem nowadays. But it's really it's really not that hard once you once you have like solidified why you're doing it mm-hmm. and and the benefits of it for you in that moment. I feel like it's it's easy like yeah. like you said like after the first couple months i was like all right like i'm cool like yeah ain't no nigga stressing me out about nothing <laughs> that's a plus <laughs> uh i'm gonna come every time that. <laughs> that's a plus <laughs> like i don't know it's really not that bad it's and i think not. i think that's another reason that makes it a little bit hard for me to date is because like i don't be looking for these niggas to feel you for yeah. sex like, so it's like, like fuck that shit yeah, it's like I'm if I'm dating, I want to get to know you to see where it goes. Like I can pleasure myself. I don't need you for that. Cuz 9 times out of 10, it's like it's kind of awkward your first time with somebody because mm. you have to learn their body. Right. They have to learn yeah. yours. Yeah, 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 yeah. What Megan say? She said, uh-uh, don't fuck me like that. Fuck, fuck me, me like this. this. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-uh. <laughs> don't do that. Exactly. Like, type of thing. And it's just like I'm learning or I've learned to kind of tell people beforehand to just have those conversations like, okay, I don't like fingers. I don't like this. I I like this Mm. type of thing because it ain't nothing awkward sex. But yeah. And that's that's another reason why I hate that people put so much pressure on sex from the beginning because it's Mm. just like, to me, I feel like sex is better when y'all have hung out Mm -hmm. and like, you know, just have some time to like flesh each other out. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's alone or even in a social setting where you were friends, like it's always way more fun when you can kiki about some mm-hmm. shit that happened and you're just comfortable and you're, you're learning body language and you're learning, you know, turn ons. Like it didn't have time to marinate. And it's just like, I want him. People, <laughs> people now, I feel like, expect for sex their first time with people to just be amazing off the back and if it's not then that's just not you know then oh the chemistry is off or the and it's just like no nah, nigga like we just don't know each other yet <laughs> that's it and we have True. to and, and if we're not sitting here you know in our first encounter taking time with each other being like okay like this is what i like mm-hmm. touch me here touch me this way because i completely had this moment with this same nigga <laughs> and i don't know how he took it 
Because um, I feel like a lot of niggas also come into situations thinking that they're experts. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you might have mastered this with somebody else or mm-hmm. your last partner, but I'm a completely different woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. my nerve endings are not set up the same. <laughs> you coming in like, hot and heavy, sir. Right. <laughs> a little too hot and heavy. Like, ease. Too much pressure right here I'm on the a, top. I need for you to, you know, I'm like. A motor in the winter. Warm me up. Right. Um, like, and I don't. feel like if we're going to do this, I should be able to talk you through through this part of mm-hmm. things and we can grow to but no everybody just wants sex off the bat they want amazing porn star sex off the bat and if that's not it then it's on to the next and I'm just like man y'all's expectations are blown mm-hmm. the fuck out of proportion yeah social media watching porn thinking mm-hmm. like all oh, women bend and do this and do that <laughs> but then some people just have boundaries like some people don't like anal or some people don't like like I said I don't like fingers like don't think you finna put your fingers all of it uh-uh. I, I don't like do foot shit <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I got a story but yeah so, <laughs> I have some weird stories about people and fetishes but yeah I've met men who like feet and it's like I don't even have attractive feet. I'll be honest. And it's just like, sir, I'm okay. All right. But yeah. This is not for me. Yeah. That. Yeah. Like, I'll do it this time, but. <laughs> well, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it for you. Look, I'll try just about anything once, but yeah, this ain't for me. And you realize that in the middle of like, yeah, this ain't quite. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of like, I don't even know where I was going. But sex can be a little weird if. You know, you all haven't necessarily had that chemistry or that bond and gotten comfortable with each other. And then even if you have gotten comfortable with each other and it happens, I've laughed during sex before and it's just like, okay, that's normal. Yeah, it's like, okay, we can't get this right now. Let's try something else type of thing. Because sometimes you just don't mesh in maybe that position or mesh at that moment. Or maybe that's just not, yeah, that's just not your night. Like, you know, right. But they're quick to say it's trash. Right. Damn. I guess you're just out here having top tier sex every time with every new partner. I don't believe that. At all. But I have a question for you. Do you believe in, uh, speaking of social media stuff, do you believe in, uh, what's it called? Shit, what's it? Uh, not sex demons. It's uh, What's the other shit we be joking about? Oh, um, soul ties. Yeah, yeah. You believe um. in soul ties? <laughs> okay, look. Let me sit up for this. So this is my philosophy on sex or soul ties, rather. Yes and no, and I'll say that. And this is kind of going back into me being a hoe. <laughs> um, I've had sex with niggas that I don't even remember their names. Or I don't remember them. And my friends be like, you remember so-and-so? I be like, girl, no. They be like, the one that I be like, oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, He's so far yeah, down the list. like, forgot about him. So how can I have a soul tie with this person that I don't even fucking remember them? They right. probably don't remember me. It was so many years ago. Now, I do believe that you can have soul ties with people that you were in relationships with or situationships with or people that you actually created a bond as well as sexual, right. you know, chemistry with. But just the soul tie for everybody, I don't personally believe that. Mm. But I totally, like, we have joked on here, I don't believe in soul ties or sex demons for damn sure. Because mm. <laughs> sex demons is the funniest shit ever to yeah. me. 
because like I said, if we didn't have a connection, then I don't feel like I got to tie to you. Hell, I, if I don't remember your name. Yeah, no. Right. And I know this sounds so bad, but I'm 33. I've been fucking... Oh, that's gonna sound bad too. But I lost my virginity. <laughs> look, my whole life just sounds bad. People, please forgive me. But yeah, I've been fucking since I was thirteen. I'm twenty years in this fucking game. Like, so I'm gonna have bodies. Oh, you've been I'm out there. here. Yeah. Wow, what was that like? And then crazy thing is, I still having sex at thirteen, and I was one of like the last of my friends to have sex. I lived really? in the inner city. In the inner city, I was just a bad kid getting suspended fighting. That was it. I moved out to the county, like middle school, high school. And these girls were active. It was like a lifetime movie. Oh, wow. So I just felt like I was kind of behind. We would be in a gym uh, locker room getting dressed, and they would be talking about how good sex was and this and that. And I was just like, damn, I kind of want to try it. So I wouldn't say that they peer pressured me into having sex, but it was something that I kept hearing about from my friends. So it was mm. just kind of like I wanted to do it. But yeah, after that, it was like once, you know, the fun part, you know, it just don't stop. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't suggest, you know, children losing their virginity so soon. Like if I can go back, of course, I would change it. But, you know, the, it is what it is. But yeah, so 20 years in the game, like. I don't remember half of these people. <laughs> people were definitely fucking when we were in middle school. Yeah. Um, man, my reality or my my <laughs> connection with sex was so off mm-hmm. until like college for real. Um, just because of just past sexual trauma for one. Mm-hmm. But then also I think just like dramatizations in movies, like it just always seemed like this thing that just wasn't ever going to happen to me or it just couldn't be this real thing that actual real people were doing this way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you you just see certain shit in movies just like, oh, like, that's some shit that only happens in the movies. Like, this is not real <laughs> shit. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I thought of sex. And then also, like, I was just awkward as fuck when I was... Girl, like getting your period at 11 and then like to me just vaginas were weird and I just didn't like I was not sexually connected (laughs) at all. Um, So I can only imagine like did your mama know? Did your parents know? Um, I think they found out probably around 16. Yeah, about I think I was about fifteen or sixteen when they found out because I had a hating ass neighbor <laughs> that told that it was a guy at the house, and then just from there, like I just told the truth. So they they weren't mad, but of course they were kind of like they didn't want this for their daughter, <laughs> like mm-hmm. type of things. But my daddy, me, it's so funny. Me and my daddy have these conversations, and he'd be like. You didn't honor popping that shit? I'd be like, yeah, no. Like, my daddy think I am such like a hoe and I just be popping pussy like left and right. And I just be like, daddy, no. Like, he don't not believe anymore. that. I'm, yeah, he don't believe that I'm not having sex. He be like, who you throwing at it? And that's how he talks. And it's just like, okay, daddy, like, bye. See, at least you have, okay, see, this, this is another, a whole nother conversation. So at least you can have that type of conversation with your parents. Mm-hmm. Cause like, as far as, Anything sexual or even just dating, like we talk about it all the time, but we don't feel like our parents ever really like taught us for real, like how to date or or about sex. Like my okay, so both of my parents were ministers at my church okay. <laughs> since I was eleven. So 
it was very it was always strict christian mm-hmm. but it was very like no sex till marriage mm. for a very long time even when i got my first boyfriend in high school there was never really like an explanation of of sex and dating and and you know whatever else it was always just like don't have sex until you're married and you know when you're dating just remember that you know the man is always supposed to come to you and that's it mm-hmm. so it was never any any comfortable talks about anything or or it was the threats like oh you know if you are having sex like we can find out like that's what my dad said <laughs> at yeah. one point and I was like right. I was like I don't even know what that means <laughs> like, <laughs> me not even understanding the anatomy of my own vagina at this mm-hmm. age I'm just like what are you talking about like that is not that's not even what's going on here <laughs> like what so at least you can have mm-hmm. that type of relationship with your parents but I was going to say, like, I wonder if that makes a difference in your dating process and your dating experience. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, we still are in the same boat. We still have been <laughs> yeah. in the situationships. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a guy said that to me once. He was like, You were raised by your father. Like, I've always, my biological mom and my dad aren't together. So I've always lived with my dad, was raised by my dad. And he was just so amazed, like, And you be doing this whole shit, like, yo. Your daddy was in your life. Like, why are you like this? I'm just like, because I'm my own individual person. Like, (laughs) this is what I like. And this is what I'm doing at this time type of thing. But, yeah, like, my dad was there. He, um... He had those conversations. Well, I'll say this. My dad and my stepmom were always, you go to middle school, we're going to have to talk about boys. You go to high school, we're going to have to talk about boys. You go to college, we're going to have to talk about boys and stuff like that. It was never that they really talked to me about dating, but Mm -hmm. they did talk to me about protecting myself, being safe with sex and things like that. So they always talked with me about those things. But of course, like I was a hot to chart little girl. Like I just, you know, wanted to be boy crazy and things like that. And as I got older, it was book I started to realize like back then anybody could tell me like I was pretty or cute or something like that because I didn't grow up in that type of household where I heard it from my dad. Love him to death. Best father ever. But we were more of a joking family and mm-hmm. that's how we showed love opposed to you. You're so beautiful. Um, You're smart. You're this, you're that. Like words of affirmation. So I do feel like things like that play a part on mm-hmm. how you, you know, raise your little girl and how she grows up to be because I looked for that um, I guess beautiful feeling from men and it's mm-hmm. something like in my 30s I'm realizing like damn you know I got myself into situations because the nigga smiled at me type of thing yeah. but the funny thing is my biological mom total hood rat so <laughs> she when I turned 13 she gave me a book about masturbation so it was just like it was, and the book was called It's Okay to Explore Your Body oh, and wow. it was just all about masturbation but I will say is my mom, my biological mom, she was street savvy. Like, if she taught me anything, she taught me the streets. And I, every situation, she would just let me know, like, it don't take, she would always say, it doesn't take but a red cent. I never knew what the fuck that meant. Like, a red cent, whatever. But her whole thing was, I'm going to tell you, you know, how life is, and I'm going to let you make your own decisions. But you just need to know that every decision you make has a consequence, and you need to look at all the possible consequences before you make that decision. 
And that's kind of how I just went through life about a lot of things. And it's just like, she didn't show me dating either because she had multiple men that, you know, just didn't work out. So honestly, I don't think our parents really knew what to say to us when it got to the 15 and 16 right. year age about dating because mm-hmm. honestly they were trying the best that they could <laughs> and a lot of them were more my parents were teenage my yeah my parents were teenage parents so it's kind of like they didn't know how I don't want to say how to parent but how to talk about that because it probably wasn't talked to them right. that way and my dad he did try to instill that fear of not having sex and you're going to have a baby and mm-hmm. all of that so it took honestly for me to kind of get to college that he eased up about that and now we can have these open conversations about sex and dating and things like that but yeah I just think our parents tried the my, best that they could right our parents are human just yeah. like and that's the craziest thing about getting older you realize they're just people it's like everybody mm-hmm. they're trying their best they they did their best mm-hmm. in every situation they did as best as they could mm-hmm. like my parents were my my dad was 21 my mom had just turned 18 when they got married they were pregnant with my with my older sister mm-hmm. so my whole life i'm the middle child my whole life i just heard my mom just preaching about not getting pregnant and all this stuff to my sister my sister got pregnant in college and like eventually they handled it well or whatever but hearing those conversations in my head i had like a weird relationship with sex Mm -hmm. and plus i am goofy as fuck (laughs) (laughs) so i don't i didn't naturally have like that part about me mm-hmm. so i was just like yeah sex is bad okay uh we're gonna go read this book about uh jimmy hendrix and Ooh. i'm gonna be by my life <laughs> so like, i get older and it just i just kept getting in weird situation <laughs> and it was because nobody ever taught me about dating or mm-hmm. anything about sex or even that sex can be a good thing mm-hmm. so it was almost like a sex negative point of view because yeah. it was always don't have sex you'll get pregnant yeah. like for I would say for us so was that kind of like how your parents did you or just more so your sister I just overheard the conversations that my all the all the conversations my sister's like yo fuck this shit <laughs> I was here and be like I mean she's gonna go to hell if she's keep having sex so I mean I'm not going to hell mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I internalized it but I also like I fell out of like religion as I got older mm-hmm. and then so it was a it was, it was a battle with that too mm-hmm. And so then, like, by the time you get to your late 20s and you're trying to be like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> and you, you just uh, replay everything in your head and you have to find yourself in between it. So I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. See, I, um, like I know I said earlier, I've always felt like a sexual being, a sexual mm-hmm. woman. So <clears throat> I experienced sexual trauma early, like, starting at five Mm -hmm. and I think that um triggered a lot of curiosity in me Mm -hmm. um so I was actually curious about sex around like age six and seven Mm -hmm. and then uh, my mom got pregnant with my sister when I was six and I was asking her about sex then Mm -hmm. um and even still obviously you're not going to tell a six-year-old exactly what sex right. is. So, you know, I'm asking, like, 
I'm I'm beating around the bush, but I'm asking, you know, mom, how do you have a baby? And her answer is, well, you have to have sex. And then that's the end of the conversation. It wasn't any, you know, details mm-hmm. about what sex was. But that just kind of carried over into um, adulthood, though. Um, there was never any real conversations about... Even the consequences, it, it wasn't ever like, oh, you can get pregnant and oh, you know, this could happen and mm-hmm. that could happen. It was just always don't do it. And, you know, I hear you talking about like growing up with your father and, you know, him being a little bit more playful mm-hmm. and you leaning to guys who, you know, were giving you the compliments and, you know, mm-hmm. feeding you the things that make you feel good. Mm-hmm. I grew up with both of my parents, was fed all of that, and still, <laughs> still fall for those type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and physical touch is my number one love language, and that's because my parents weren't the touchy feely like "come hug me, come mm-hmm. cuddle" type of parents. Um, but it's just interesting to hear like how your parents play a role in how you receive love yeah. romantically. Yeah. Yep. Um, Sounds weird, but yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a big part of how you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also like just watching them growing up with both my parents in one household, I don't really see my parents be affectionate with each other around us that often. Like when I was younger, like, you know, they would pick each other Whenever my dad would get home from work or, you know, every now and then I might catch my dad like sliding up behind my mama while she on the stove (laughs) or something. But I never saw them be, you know, like petting or Mm -hmm. or cuddly on the sofa while watching, you know, a movie together or. The shit you see in movies. Right, right, right. So I, I actually did. I saw my parents do that type of stuff. I just didn't see. I didn't understand. Like, I saw the main thing I saw was like my dad do like little sweet things for my mom. Mm-hmm. So I just assumed that's how you do with like <laughs> every girl. Mm-hmm. No, that's not. It's because that was the love of his life. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't because she was a girl. <laughs> yeah. So you like, it put me in a lot of weird situations trying to be like overly romantic with just everybody so mine is a little different like my stepmom has been in my life since i was about four or whatever so i would see them be affectionate kind of lovey-dovey my daddy used to stay smacking her on her ass my daddy like one of them type of my dad do this little hoodish or whatever so he would do love to see <laughs> so he would do things like that so it's like i saw it and they got married when i was about eight but the crazy thing is, I kid you not, I never wanted to be married. I really? never, like, yeah. growing up in a household where I, I consider my stepmother my mother or whatever. So, it's just like growing up in a house with my parents and seeing what a marriage is. And they were, like, it. They My stepmom would make a menu from, like, Sunday through Thursday. And the menu would be on the refrigerator. Elite. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, yeah, she was that. She cooked every day. And when I got of age, Thursdays were my day to 
cook but she was just like that wife and I was just like I'm not doing this shit for no nigga like I don't want to do this like type of thing but as I got older I realized like once I fell in love like okay I can see myself doing this cute things and all of that as a um a wife but in that relationship that guy told me he was like you aren't affectionate enough like you just won't come on a couch and cuddle up next to me you don't do this you don't do that but that's not the type of house I grew up in Mm. as far as we never hugged I think that the first time I can remember us hugging is when I went off to college and Mm. it was probably because you weren't gonna see me for months but we I didn't grow up in a house where you were beautiful I didn't grow up in a house where you hugged I grew up in a house with what you got that on for look at it that little bit of shit like we Mm. joked on each other Mm. and that was my thing and I tried to bring that to that relationship but that's not what he wanted that wasn't his love language his love language was touching and things like that and it's just I had to adapt to that and learn that but I think for me it was too late in that relationship and he kind of was already like past that like she's not getting it Mm -hmm. so I do feel as though the households we grow up in play some factor into who we become and how we date but then it's you know, you get to that point of this self-reflection and it's kind of like, okay, so how am I going to better myself based yeah. on what I grew up in, what I've seen and what I've done mm. type of thing. But shit, you got to learn the hard way mm. with yeah. relationships. And it's sad to say, but you'll get your heart broken or you'll break hearts. But that pain is the graduation to adulthood. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I feel like the first relationship also played a huge part in you know, just learning the ins and outs of, because I was um, extra green. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, he was a physical touch person and I was still just like nervous about like just being touched at all. Mm -hmm. And now I'm a physical touch person. But, you know, when he was explaining to me why he was a physical touch person, I was like, damn, like, okay, like, I kind of had the same experience. And I'm like, well, you know, honestly, like, I like this shit. I think I might be a physical touch person, too. And (laughs) it's definitely why, like, not getting it growing up, I'm just like, no, I need Mm -hmm. that. Like, I'm just like, if I'm going to be around you or with you, like, we need to be touching each other Mm -hmm. at some capacity throughout the day. Like, there's no point for us to be... I need to be in your skin. Yes. (laughs) I don't understand. That is me. (laughs) That is me. Like, there's no point of us being right here up under each other if we're Mm -hmm. not going to be touching each other in some kind of way. Like, I don't know. That's just how I am. Physical touch is probably... It's like my third. My number one is quality time. That's my number two. Like, words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. Second. But yeah, physical touch, I like it, but it's not like when people I get the joke about like in your skin, but like <laughs> that should be wild to me. I'm like, y'all really want to be all up on somebody. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> it is. Cause it's like if I really, really like you, I do want to be around you and spend all that time with you. But then I am such a me person now. Like since I, all my friends and people like that have gone, I've learned to be by myself type right. of thing. So it's just kind of like, I enjoy my me time. Like I want to be with you. We can hang out. I can cuddle up with you, but allow me to have my me time as well. And if like we're living together, like, Hey, you go in one room, let me mm-hmm. go in the other. We don't always have to right. be. So I don't necessarily have to, well, no, I do like the the touching. So it's just not higher up on my list. I need the words of affirmation. Like, 
And I, that's something that I had to learn to tell myself. Like, you are beautiful. You are smart. You are strong. Right. Like, you a badass bitch. Like, you know, all of that right. to myself. But I do like to hear it from a guy. And the hotel dude, he did that a lot. He was like, oh, what you doing, little pretty little girl? Like, you know, shit like that. And it was just like, oh, <laughs> You know, like... <laughs> It would be the lamest or the corniest thing, but when you like somebody, it's yeah, just it feels it's, like yeah, it's special. Yeah. Like, your head up, yeah. Like a like, good morning text, <laughs> right, blow right, your right. fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> but then from the wrong person, you're like, yeah, right. you like this nigga. Hours later, oh hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I was asleep. Him, you got one eye open. Right. You trying to text like you oh, hear that message right. come through at all hours of the night. You're like, oh, Bro, I, I'm woke. Wake up out of the dead asleep. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like you feel it. You feel yep. that presence of I'm, a person. <laughs> um, this is a lot. <laughs> um, I do have. We got a. We got a good. Yeah. Almost two hours. Yeah. I I have a random question. Okay. I've noticed that you are a very big hip hop fan, mm-hmm. um, and specifically women who rap. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick top five, oh, who are you going with? <laughs> top five, top five, top uh, five. Women who rap. Because I hate saying female MCs, even mm-hmm. though like my female brain is like, so female, con- female, yeah, female, female is so <laughs> controversial like these days. I don't mind the word, but a lot of women don't like it. Um, so look him. So do I have to give them in an order? You want the order or just five in general? Five in general, but if you can't do the order, that is amazing. Okay. <laughs> so my okay, I don't know the order you get, but okay, I'm gonna say look him. Of course, because for me, she was that first one coming out with that raunchy. Yeah. And I loved it. It was just like, oh, this is so dope, like type of thing. Nikki, of course. Yes. But I have to give a disclaimer with Nikki, and I know the fans. I'm sorry. But I like older Nikki. <laughs> yes. Before the pop. Before the bubblegum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The spaceships and shit like <laughs> right. that. Like the older mixtape Nikki. I like Savage Nikki rapping yeah, on the staircase shit. That type of Nikki. So that... Um, I am a Cardi fan. Now, is she in my top five? I... <sighs> That's kind of hard because then I would have to put Cardi slash Partisan Fontaine, like her ghostwriter. But right. um, okay. The funniest thing is, and I this do is like from Cardi Fontaine. He fine. But <laughs> <laughs> this is the funniest thing. I actually like Queen Latifah. And it's because my mom was big on Queen Latifah back you in the day. Like she had the like the hair and like the whole the African swag, yeah, like yeah. that was her the back medallion in and yeah. So I do like Queen Latifah as well. Um, shit is not that many because in all honesty, like these newer ones would not necessarily be in my top five. The only newer ones that I would probably put in the top five, Rap City is one of the greatest rappers mm. alive right now. Mm-hmm. So Rap City, I couldn't put Cardi there because I like Cardi, but as far as being an MC, I yeah. just that's why I'm like, I don't think she would be there. I like her music, I like her personality, but I don't think she would necessarily be like in my top five. I like Meg's cadence mm-hmm. and the way she raps, but lyrics wise, it's not there. Yeah, I feel like Meg is getting to the point where all of her shit is just about the same thing, like all the yeah. time. Like 
And it's cool. And it's like she has a couple like little clever punch lines, but not necessarily nothing where I it's just like, oh, that's my shit. Like right. I I think Lil' Kim would be my number one. Like, I don't know about the other four, but Lil' Kim is definitely my number one. And it's just because I the thing she would say, the way it was delivered, and it was just like I just loved her mm-hmm. as growing up. And she had this one song. <laughs> It was on Mace's album on Harlem's World, and it was Mace, her, and the locks. And it's just like the way she was spitting, it was just like, yeah, I was like, damn, like this is so dope. And I had it on cassette tape, so this show you how old it was. (laughs) And I used to like rewind it and write down the lyrics, rewind it, write down the lyrics so I can memorize it. (laughs) So Kim was like that girl back in the day. Foxy was kind of cool, but I wasn't like a big Foxy fan, I was more of a Kim fan. Foxy, I was never a big Foxy fan. I always assumed it was a lot of ghostwriting with Foxy, mm-hmm. and I felt like, like I don't her 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 fame was more like based on her looks too. Like I know Kim had a sex appeal, mm-hmm. but I felt I don't she know could spit her ass. I feel like Foxy's <laughs> was a little bit different because because her game wasn't as tight as Kim's. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, Eve? So I liked Eve as well, but again, Eve was kind of like how I said with Nikki. Like when she came out with Rough Riders, like spitting like that, I loved it because I love the aggressiveness in women to talk yeah. shit and come off like that. Yeah. But then when it got to the Gwen Stefani days, I was like, okay, like we're moving in a pop, and I hate that because back in the day, like you had to kind of move pop to become mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now hip hop is so mainstream, like you don't have to do don't. all of that shit. Right, but. Um, I liked Eve. Now, who I really used to like, Mia X. Like that was Mia my X fucking is amazing girl. Because Mia X got on I'm Body and rapped. Yeah. I'll rap Master P. Yes. Like, my girl came on heavy with the she flow. Had, like, loved her. She had the second best verse on Ghetto Symphony. Also, <laughs> after uh, Mystical. Yeah, she just she was just so dope. And then also, of course, because I'm a heavier girl, like that was somebody I looked up to. Like, damn, you a heavy girl, you hanging and spitting with niggas like this, and it was just like some respect type of shit, like that she talked. And then of course, like the Kim had the raunchy, but Mia to me had like the streets, like mm-hmm. that's what it was. They respected her, like she was the boss lady. She just came total package. Mm-hmm. Also, same with the chat. Because I love with chat too. Uh-huh. Um I'm trying to think. Other Southern. I mean I like Gangsta Boo. Gangsta Boo was yeah. dope too. Yeah. Gangsta Boo got hits. Um I used to, I'm I'm a big three six mafia fan. I'm sorry. I love three sixty. <laughs> Man, where are they now? What are they doing? They are spread out they are all doing their own thing mm, in yeah. different like corners, like but they all have like I see Juicy J tweeting like every now and then. Juicy J is like a superstar. Yeah, he just had an album and I listened to it. It was good. It It was Mm -hmm. really good. Um, Even in Crime Mob, I mean, the best two rappers were the women. Yeah, by far. Like nobody, nobody knows Little J's version. That's what I was say. Even at the club, like the men were rapping their verses, so it was kind of like, okay, you know, this is taking off, like type of thing. My sophomore year in high school, after we would win and win football games, we would rap stilettos (laughs) in the locker room. (laughs) 
Oh my god! Why did, I did not every know that. guy like to look? I used to date I a guy know. in high school. It's something about that song. <laughs> that was his shit. Like in high school, and it was so funny because my other guy friend, uh. friend seen him. He was walking to school. I used to date this guy. He had a van. When we got to school. Like, you know, meeting up. He was like, I saw your nigga driving that van bumping stilettos. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, your dude was in the van bumping stilettos. Oh, yeah. And Niggas be going up for the women. That. And then to this day, that's still like an inside joke. Like, man, you really dated that dude that was bumping stilettos. <laughs> but it was city it was boys out here. It's a oh, lot yeah. of city. Hey, I'm a city boy. <laughs> <laughs> so do you actually like Only their music? Only because of JT. No, I actually do like okay. their music. I'm in love with JT, though, also. Also, really? <laughs> like, all I'm, niggas in love with JT right now. I do want to fuck her. So. Yeah, that's not about to say. All these niggas want to fuck JT. No, they but do. She, <laughs> but she can spit her ass off, though. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. Like, Carisha is way better than Young baby. Miami. Carisha fucks it up. But the funny thing is, she comes and fucks it up, but it grows on me. Like, you know what? I kind of like this verse. It bad. It's just yeah. like. It's, it's catch not, the beat Right Catch the beat catch first up, Catch up Man girl. that beat is Catch, <laughs> catch, the, catch the beat And I think it's her voice As well Oof. Because it's so Heavy It's th- Her accent yes. Is Yeah thick. And very And I hate to say The word ratchet But it's just that It's your Miami And I yeah. can't even get my Like, yeah. it's like She doesn't have good Like <laughs> Dictation Like diction yeah. Like there's no Like Distinct what I like the most about JT is when she come on track, she punch you in the fucking face. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah. Like, she can really spit. Um, I'm trying to think of other. I like Flo Millie. We, we're a oh, Flo yeah. Millie stands here. Flo I Millie. love her because now her voice is still higher pitch, but it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it sells her. So I do like Flo Millie. I actually, the funny thing when I'm at the gym, I like light skin Keisha. Like she has music to get me pumped to work out, but I wouldn't necessarily like think rapper type of thing, but she makes fun music to kind of, you know, feel like a bad bitch type of thing. I haven't actively listened to Light Skin Keisha. Like, I've heard some of her stuff, mm-hmm. but I haven't like deliberately chosen to listen yeah. to her. But no, I can feel you. Like, she does have like some hype. Like yeah. pump your head up type yeah. music real quick because that's what a lot of the music is nowadays with the women rappers. It's kind of just like you know you want to feel like a bad bitch. You finna go out with your friends, turn up, like get you pumped at the gym type of thing. Like to me, nobody is. Well, I'm not gonna say nobody because Rhapsody, but I don't necessarily listen to her. Like I listen to her album a lot. Yeah, and I hear good things about her, but I think it's also kind of me and what I consume is mm-hmm. ratchetness. So <laughs> that's just kind of what I gravitate towards. Um, I've been listening to, and I don't know if you that you know would consider her a rapper, the Young Baby Tate girl. Okay, so some of these people I can't tell if they're like rappers or just kind of like. Not necessarily R&B, but it's like a middle in between type of thing. Like Lizzo. Because I thought Lizzo was like pop. And then Mm. when she still went in like rapper and R&B, I was like, wait a minute. It's just like uh, Tink. I don't know. Tink started out rapping Rapping. more, but it's more. Music and soulful and R&B now. What do y'all feel about Dreezy? I like Dreezy. I like Dreezy too. I've liked Dreezy for a while. I wish that she would get the recognition yeah. that she deserves, I but I, I guess because she's not talking about popping pussy every song, that it's right. kind of like you know that's what's trending. Because I think Cash Doll is pretty dope too. Cash Doll is really dope. She just um, I just saw a video of her on Twitter of her spitting some shit. 
um, on a little video, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, Cash, I forgot all about her. But um, I, I think if they're not selling sex in every song, it just doesn't just take off. Gonna, yeah, yeah. And then when you put the same people on every remix and things like that, it's kind of like give other people a chance. Yeah. I want to like Sweetie. <laughs> but... I know that's right. <laughs> I like Sweetie's personality. Like she's fun. She seems like a lot of fun to be around. Mm-hmm. But I feel like she, like her rap started off on the bubblegum side, which mm-hmm. made it hard for me to get into. Like her, um, What's that one freestyle that she has? Oh, is it the Pretty Girl Freestyle or Pretty Bitch Music? Is it Pretty Bitch Music? It's one of them. Yeah. Pretty Bitch Freestyle or something. Mm-hmm. That's probably like the the best song that she has to me. But everything else just feels so like she's trying to appeal to like 16 year olds so yeah, yeah it's like it's fun like but it's too fun it's like, too fun yeah, yeah like it's, yeah. it's too cotton candy it's too I don't know she gives me like I want these hood aesthetics so bad type of thing and it's she's, not but she's yourself. LA hood though yeah. so that, it's it's very like flashy hood it ain't what, even mm-hmm. like that's always funny when they're talking about she's a she gives off suburban vibes like yeah, yeah. I yeah. gotta see that yeah yeah but then you throw like uh, some long ghetto quote unquote nails on right. and then you do like you know some urban attire type right. of thing it's like she's a hood bitch yeah <laughs> type of thing it's like it's okay to just be yourself especially in this day and age just be yourself because you're you're gonna have some type of fan base but it just might not be the fan base you necessarily want like in numbers wise Mm -hmm. but everybody can eat now yeah and I love that yeah it's it's just like uh, like the post Kanye effect like where you can literally be from wherever Mm -hmm. from the suburbs from whatever and you can get a fan base yeah Mm. Like, Cuddy has a whole ass fucking fan mm-hmm. base and people that just don't fuck with him. And it's okay. He's still mm-hmm. a legend. Because he still got his fan base. Yeah. Right. And he makes money off it. Like, that's the other thing. You don't have to sell out. Mm-hmm. Like, you mentioned earlier, like, where you don't have to cross over. Like, I thought about that when we don't have, like, edited tracks anymore. You ever think mm-hmm. about that? Like, growing up, we would hear edited mm-hmm. versions of every song. You turn it on the radio and it's like, wait, what? what? Did they say that? Like, Throat Baby is being played on We Up right now. <laughs> and that's just so crazy to me. Now, I mean, I've seen the hell out of it and it's so funny to me, but it's just like, damn, what are these kids consuming? <laughs> like, what is the, All younger, of this shit. the younger generation like really thinking? Because kind of going back to the other topic, when I was in high school, they, you know, that type of thing was looked down upon like, oh, you suck dick or you give head. Yeah, da, 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 right. da. Straight up. Now, it's like what are these kids in high school thinking like is it still kind of a bad thing if you in high school or is it the it thing to do now you gotta eat ass definitely yeah, like, <laughs> right. I don't even think that was even a topic in high no, school it was not like, like I remember we, we were, were like just trying college. to get over like you said yeah, sucking yeah, dick like yeah, I was like ew y'all sucking yeah. dick I mean I, look, I was doing it behind it <laughs> right like you ain't gonna claim to sucking dick out here <laughs> but like when we got in college and people were talking about eating ass like oh what okay yeah. Yeah, college did it. <laughs> college did it. College brought out a whole nother like, wow, where did this come from? Okay, like, yeah. so all y'all niggas eat that. Yeah, yeah. it's they one of things like, oh, I, I don't have to hide this anymore. I had to hide this shit in uh, high school. <laughs> <laughs> like y'all hold your sucking dick freely. Okay, yeah, cool. out here. I fucks with it. doing the butt <laughs> stuff. Yeah, right. 
you know, it's Doing different. The butt but it's like now looking at like these high school kids, it's like, do y'all still hide there, or is it like cool? Because right. I couldn't imagine eating ass in high school, like or a nigga that ass. Like, like can I eat home traded, sir? <laughs> I, don't, ass. I don't think they're hiding it. No, it ain't no way they could be hiding it. They put everything else up. Yeah, they like, doing all these drugs and shit. You know, the they kids eat. that are out here posting everything on mm-hmm. social media. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, oh, Damn. I'm Let's so pray glad. For you. Yeah. I'm so glad I'm not <laughs> a teenager. <laughs> oh, it's no way. Uh, one other thing I was thinking about mm-hmm. was uh, you mentioned Ti earlier. <laughs> <laughs> what are we just gonna let the whole Ti allegations I, just it, go? That's what it looks like. It kind of is blowing over. I see like you know little blogs still kind of talking about it, but apparently they're um. Their show has been mm-hmm. put to a little halt until. Almost fell the fucking chair. <laughs> That's your boo. <laughs> That's boo. Lord, come on and see my man. Okay. I need right. him to be giddy over me and just like. In the same way. I need my man to be like, all right, we finna wrap this shit up. My girl calling. So. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. <laughs> but- that part. Most. All right, you go get the DMs. Listen, y'all gotta check her out. She fine as fuck. She out here, smart as hell. She got her own shit. Local celebrity. Oh my god, no, I am not known. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Uh, we heard, we, I heard about your your award um, oh, yeah. for female podcast of the year. Yeah. So I was well, really shocked. She is when out we did here. the list for Black Huntsville, mm-hmm. you were the first person I thought of, though. Thank you. Because like you do, like you record by yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. that shit hard. That shit is it hard. Is. It, that it, it's really when I record episodes by myself. Myself, it's like my dear diary. Like I'm yeah. just gonna be blunt and honest yeah. with y'all and let y'all know. Like okay, this is what's going on. This is kind of where I fucked up, and I tie it into basically how it can relate to your life. Like right. I feel like we all kind of go through similar things and I may not be the exact same. Like even the episode I talked about my sexual assault with stealthing, I had so many women reach out to me and say that they had been in situations like that. So it was just kind of like, damn, like you two type of thing. So yeah. I try to be as relatable as possible and like I said I will fuck up I will continue to fuck up but I am trying to better myself and I feel like my podcast holds me accountable when I fuck up so if I do fuck up having sex with somebody I will get on the podcast and admit it and then be like you know y'all I told y'all you know I was going strong (laughs) (laughs) no play as fuck up too (laughs) type of thing because if you listen to my first couple episodes like one through no not one two through four I kept saying Saying like my New Year's story over, my New Year's story over, <laughs> and it would just be the January guy, the February guy, then back to that uh, January. the January guy again in March. So it's just like yeah. I'm, I try to be as transparent as possible, so I can. You know, be relatable because some people go through the same things that I go through, but they don't have anybody to talk to because they don't want to be judged. You could judge me all you fucking want to because it ain't gonna, you know, make me piss or shit. So I'm sorry. I think it's, I, I really appreciate it. And I think it's refreshing because, like, um, just as a fellow sexy black woman, <laughs> um, a lot of people really like look at us and just assume, like, there's no way that they're having, you know, any type of relationship hiccups mm-hmm. or, and it's just like, nah, bro, like, it happens. We be going through the same yeah. bullshit. Falling for <laughs> the dumb shit. Man, like, yeah. 
Ugh. Yeah. So we out here too. It's relatable <laughs> because the person that I um on my next episode about dating, she was on dating and she's a fucking engineer. Mm-hmm. Like she has her shit going. She's very attractive, beautiful, and it was just like she didn't have time to date, so she got on a dating app. But her whole thing was like, I don't want people to look at me like this. Like I'm struggling. Yeah, like today, I'm struggling but it's- yeah, she said it was her whole image of what kind of forced her not to do it in the beginning but then her friend talked her into it but she was just like I didn't want people to look at me like oh she can't get a man or she's searching mm-hmm. for this type of thing but she she got you know into it and she talked about a lot of different dating apps that I had never even heard of it's so many dating apps out here yeah she told me about a bougie one called the legacy I've heard of that never one never heard of that maybe I need like, to try that it's invitation only isn't it I think so, but it's like bougie women or bougie people, period. So she was uh, like, you'll get all the guys on an arsenal. So it's, yeah. one, of it's one of those like, like they have, you have to make a certain amount. Situation. Yeah, she said it's for like the elite men. I said, yeah. oh. Okay. It's another one like that that I've heard white people use it called the league. Mm. And it's like that. Hmm. Yeah, so it's like, okay, so many dating apps, so, you know. Hinge works, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for the testimony stories. Yes. It I takes might. a lot, but yeah. Of it course, works. if I get on there, y- y'all will see my tweets. Like, yeah, I finally broke down. And got on the fucking <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't now, even know what to put in my profile. Like, girl, that's the hardest I mean, part. Well, so with Hinge makes it easy, though, because there are certain requirements that mm-hmm. they have to put on your thing like you have to post your height you have to post um what you have to post your race and your background your ethnic yeah. background like there, there are certain things you have to post or uh, whether or not you want children or don't want children like there are certain things mm. that they make sure go out but then there's other things that you can kind of keep private like education education where you or your religious you know preferences or whatever whatever so and, and then I'll, they they have like prompts like they ask you different questions like what is your favorite type of food or what okay. and this you is know. hinge yeah my bio I'm ready to get my last name dropped my egg scramble period let's go <laughs> period <laughs> wife me put a baby in me live let's happy go ever. that's what I'm saying two weeks we're after not me getting me. younger we are not getting younger cause you should know you want to marry me after two weeks and that's being gracious <laughs> gracious cause you really should know day one if I meet you at 10 the other hoes need to be gone at 10 15 uh, you feel me and I'll give you the 10 26 but 10 30 uh uh I'm out the door let me see. So yeah, I'm not crazy. That's y'all. my downfall is expecting other people to be where I'm at right. mm-hmm. all the time. I was gonna say if you put that, if you put that in your bio, you gonna get all the worst people <laughs> gonna come out. Niggas gonna want to scramble the man. I know. Hey, that's all that nigga read. Like, oh, she said scramble. Can you see the last name? Right. right. I am Mister Spatula. I was like, I ain't know what that meant. <laughs> I ain't know what that meant. But them scramble eggs, I, 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 I fuck some scramble eggs. Grade A large, baby. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> like okay but i'll try i'll definitely keep you all um up to date keep on that rest <laughs> thank you for coming yeah we really thank appreciate it this was a really me. great episode it was. Uh, it conversation was flowed well that's what i was just gonna say it was literally just the conversation piece of cake yeah that's how we like it to feel mm-hmm. i didn't want it to feel like um like an interview like i, mm-hmm. I said that last week too i was like we have questions that, you know, we're going to mm-hmm. need to talk on, but I don't ever want it to be like, so, like, bullet point, bullet point. Yeah. So. Like, we be trying to vibe. 
And then, like, we be hoping when people come in, the vibe is the same. Mm-hmm. I knew it would work. Like, you on the same wave. <laughs> I was just glad that you accepted. I was like, I'm going to message her. I, don't even know. <laughs> I love talking. Like, like, we be really interacting doing. on Twitter, but I was like, I don't know. She fuck with me for real. But we <laughs> we going to find out. Yeah, we Twitter homies. Look, I really enjoyed it. Like, I love talking, especially if it's something like an interesting topic and me talking about my horrible dating life. Like, what else is interesting but yeah. me being stupid for men? So, <laughs> yeah. Look, I did it so other people don't have to go through it. So, yeah. But I enjoyed it. I definitely thank you all for having me. Like, the conversation was dope. The whole experience was dope because this is, like, really legit and I fucks with it. Gang, gang. We do what we can out here. <laughs> you know? Tell, uh, tell the people where they can find you. All right. So, you can find me on Instagram at Molly with the most. That's all together. On Twitter, it is Molly W underscore the most. You can reach out to me um, on either one. I love conversations, so I will interact back. Um, if you want to slide in at ZM, gone is what you need to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, like, I really do like interacting with people. So, if you write, like, on a post or, you know, DM, like, I'm all about you know, communication and just making new friends. So again, Instagram is Molly with the most and Twitter is Molly under, no, Molly W underscore the most. And then your podcast is on all platforms. Yes. Thank you, girl. <laughs> I just be just out of it. Okay. So yes, you can also listen to my podcast on um, all platforms. So you got Apple podcast, you boom, have boom, boom. Uh, Spotify, you have anchor, you have Google podcast, but yes, it's Molly with the most podcast. Um, like I said, I talk about my life. I talk about um, sexual trauma. I talk about dating. I talk about life's fuck ups, um, friendship goals. I talk about like Basically, any and everything that's millennial and what we're going through. So, mm. check out some dope episodes. Give me back, um, you know, your criticism, your feedback. I, I, like I said, I just love interacting with people. Yes, yes. Check her out. Yep. This was fun. <laughs> it was. I definitely enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in. You can find all of our links and merchandise at www.thesuburbanpodcast.com. You can also get your listens in on any of these streaming services such as Google Play, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Subscribe. Episodes come out every Friday. Boom, boom, boom.